Hey everybody, we're here at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook. Jason, Chucky, for the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. And Jay, we're going to kind of dive right into it. It's, it's week five now. Um, I think there's four really good college football games this week with ranked teams. And uh, we're going to kind of go through these a little bit before we get into the NFL and kind of break down all the football games this week, including the big Monday night game with the Raiders and Packers. Um, but listen to before, you, before you jump into college, though, i got to put a, a thank you out from, uh, from all the racing sports books here in Nevada and around the country. Thank you to Patrick Mahomes for his slide down on Sunday night football against the Jets. Um, I wasn't going to say anything, but you know, you the know. sports books around the sports books around the country. I wouldn't say the Sunday was a was a particularly good day, um, especially the afternoon games. Um, the betting public really had a great day um, in the afternoon. Really coming all down to the Chiefs. Mahomes takes that slide and uh, kind of bails the sports books out um, because there was a lot of money on a lot of tickets that would have been cashed on the Chiefs and even more money had the Chiefs won. A lot more winners and parlays would have been cashed on the Seahawks. Um, so despite the, the liability that was on the Chiefs, would have been even worse rolling into Monday Night Football. So can't, I'd be remiss to say it was a, it was a good week for the betters, um, but really thankful for Mahomes taking that slide on the sportsbook side of things. And, you know, you, you've talked about it. We saw it year before Nick Chubb right. scores that touchdown against the Jets in week two and the Jets score get an onside kick and score again so um, while it's 100% the right thing to do because you really do guarantee your your team a win it's 100% a win if you slide and don't score so I just wanted to throw it out there that there was a there was a big slide this week that kind of saved the sports books um, but uh, the, the better still did well on Sunday despite that the betters more more people won than lost as I date myself people have asked about that slide and I always thought Lou Brock was phenomenal base dealer and great slides always thought Ricky Henderson was man Ricky Henderson that slide this was the perfect slide as well I can tell you the atmosphere in the room it went from yay and touchdown to a lot of four-letter words that I can't repeat on this uh, podcast but Quite a dramatic swing, I think, industry-wide in Nevada and really, you know, throughout the country and throughout the world uh, based on that game. So, all right, college football now. Let's see. We're going to dive into some ranked games that I think are kind of the more exciting games. Um, LSU, number 23 in the country, number 21, Missouri. At Missouri, LSU's a little under a touchdown favorite. Yeah, and LSU, unfortunately, suffered their second loss this past week. Obviously, the opening game against Florida State, um, where they kind of got beat up, but they go into Mississippi. Um, they have a lead late, and they give up that lead to, to Ole Miss. Um, they really had problems on the defensive side of the football. Jaden Daniels has been absolutely fantastic on the offensive side of the football. He's got 16 touchdown passes to only two interceptions. Uh, Nabrams and Thomas have 13 of those touchdowns from his wide receiver standpoint. So LSU can score, but they have a problem um, stopping the football, and that's where Missouri, who's 5-0, and they had a win over Kansas State, who was number 15th in the country, but at home, um, their defense uh, they're decent. Brady Cook, again, their offensive weapon, their quarterback, he also runs the football. He's got 11 touchdown passes to zero interceptions. It's going to be one of those games. Can Missouri keep pace because we know LSU is going to score? And Missouri has given them problems. If you go back, the last time that LSU went to Missouri, they actually lost to a, they lost to a, a team that ended up being a 5-5 five and five Missouri team back in 2020. Missouri beat them 45-41. to 41. So if you think Missouri has the offense to stay with LSU, this could be a go- good home spot for a good home dog. The numbers start to come down just a little bit in that one, guys. Uh, number 12, Oklahoma at number 3, Texas. 
Texas a six and a half point favorite in this one. Well, again, this is the Red River rival, Red River rivalry. rivalry. Uh, probably the best game on the board this week. Obviously, from a playoff implication standpoint, with Texas already knocking off Alabama, they're a 75, close to 80 percent chance um, to making the playoff, yeah. especially if they can get through this game. This game was a game that Texas loved last year as they beat up Oklahoma 49 to nothing. Um, different in Oklahoma this game. team this sure. year, though, right? Uh, different Texas team right. too. Um, you remember last year we have two NFL running backs, B. John Robinson and Rojan Johnson, who were the running backs for Texas. They both had big games. I think uh, B. John Robinson had 130 yards against Oklahoma in that game last year. Uh, Quinn Ewers has been kind of the do-it-all guy for Texas at quarterback. He's got 10 interceptions, or 10 touchdowns to one interception. He's also run in uh, five rushing touchdowns, so he's been great. Um, Brooks on the run, rushing side of uh, football, 900, 597 yards with five TDs. So again, the Texas guys have been putting up the stats. Oklahoma has been in games, but they've been in games where they are really, really high scoring games against some pretty uh, we'll call them inferior opponents. They haven't seen the lights of Texas yet, um, but Dylan Grabeel, who you remember played for USC, UCF, he's got the ability to put up points, and obviously uh, Venables remembers getting beat right. 49 he to nothing last year. Does, right. So this is a big spot for Oklahoma, a big spot for both teams, but again, I think the pressure's a little bit more on Texas in this situation. Obviously, with them already knocking off Alabama and you know skyrocketing up those rankings with national championship right. implications. Yeah, I think so too. I think you look at Texas and um, they've, they've been so good. Yours has been great, but this is a game that Venables and Oklahoma has to have had circled since last year. Well, and they got to play defense there. The defense has not been fantastic. The offense has been. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, he's got 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. He's got a load of different receivers from Anthony, Farouk, uh, Anderson, Stoops. I mean, he throws, he spreads the ball around to a lot of different guys. So if he's able to get the ball out quickly, doesn't turn the ball over, maybe Oklahoma can stay in this game. All right, Kentucky and Georgia. Kentucky probably one of the ranked 20s, one of the surprising teams in the country right now. Uh, Georgia's over a, a two-touchdown favorite in this game. Georgia hasn't been great this year. It's not that same dominant Georgia defense that we've seen. They seem to squeak by teams, especially have some struggles in the first half. What do you think about this game? Yeah, uh, Georgia got their first cover. They were 0-3 uh, against the point spread, obviously the big point spreads at the beginning of the year. Finally go on the road, beat Auburn. It was a tight game. They end up winning by seven. Um, Georgia's got an excellent history against Kentucky. When we think about Kentucky for the last four ye- years, it was the Will Levis-led right, uh, yeah. team who's now in the NFL on the Titans. Um, and they come off a monster win at home last week against Florida. Uh, really were able to beat, up, them, beat right. up the Gators in that game. But Florida, uh, Kentucky does not have a good history against this Georgia team. In the last four years, Georgia has scored 2019-0, at Georgia in 2021-13, and at home against Georgia last year, 6. So offensively, they haven't had a good... Right. Uh, a particularly good game against uh, against this Bulldogs team. Ray Davis is their running back. He's been absolutely fantastic. Um, he's really the leading guy on that team. They want to run the football. Devin Leary comes over from NC State. He's their starting quarterback. Um, but they have to run the football. And one of the things that we all know Georgia does best, and that stops, stops, the, the, stops the running game. Right. So that's why we've seen consistently where Kentucky has struggled in this matchup. In particular, going to Georgia, they're a 15-point dog. In 2019, they lost 21 to nothing. In 2021, they lost 30-13. to 13. So they haven't been able to cover that 15-point number each of the last two trips to Georgia. <laughs> I do think offensively this year, though, they've played well, but I look for them to be a little bit more efficient this year against Georgia. Yeah, there's, Kentucky has something right. going. There's something rolling there. Right. And, and But to be able to stay in this game uh, and, and to finally start to see this Georgia team that, again, had Stetson Bennett at quarterback for so long, um, 
trying to find who they are, trying to find what their offensive identity is now. And I think as this Georgia team can, continues to go on the season, we're only going to see them get stronger. Uh, another game, uh, number number 10, Notre Dame at number 25, Louisville. Notre Dame is six-and-a-half-point favorite here. We're starting to see this number come down a little bit as well. Well, Notre Dame's become the, the, the cardiac kids, obviously, with their uh, late second loss to Ohio State and then the, the comeback late win um, at Duke this, uh, this past weekend. Um, the, the bad news for, for, uh, for Louisville is that Notre Dame owns the ACC. Notre Dame has won 30 consecutive games against ACC opponents. Uh, goes back and breaks the street that Florida State, uh, I think, made in 1992-95. to 95. Uh, Hartman's been absolutely fantastic. Doesn't turn the ball over, which has kind of been a through the history of Notre Dame football the last several years, uh, been one of their bugs that they couldn't get over. But he's got 14 uh, touchdown passes to zero interceptions. They've been really, really good. These two teams do have a common opponent, and Louisville just played them last week. So in week two, Notre Dame beat NC State at NC State 45-24, to really were able to dominate them. Louisville went last week to NC State and won 13-10. to So you can kind of see that win differential. Louisville's going to have to play some big-time defense here. Notre Dame's got a lot of weapons. Louisville's going to be smaller on both the defensive front and the offensive front. Um, so they're going to have to turn Hartman over if they want to stay in this football game. Yeah, I think these are really the kind of the four games that really highlight the college football uh, slate this week. Uh, we know Southern Cal is a big favorite. I uh, want to see if Colorado can maybe bounce back a little bit um, as well. Alabama at A&M. Alabama no, no, another good one. So overall, it's still a really good college slate this, this week, guys. Um, before we go to the next segment in pros, let's just touch on last man standing for college. Uh, we had 32-23 that started the season in it. We only have 288 contestants left in the college last man standing so it has been a big drop over the last two weeks well we've always said it's not uh, it's, it's not a hard it's not a hard contest but it's a difficult contest it's really easy to understand the rules it's really easy to turn your picks in but picking winners each week you with move. a point you spread involved a point spread involved makes it tough it's a 50 50 kind of proposition each week and you got to be able to advance. You got to stay away from those kind of bigger upsets um, or or games that everybody's on. And it's not like you're predicting trying to pick a winner from ten games on a contest sheet. You know, there's thirty college football games slate, on that time that, that contest yeah. sheet. So um, it's a surprise to see that many people knocked off early. But it's a, a tribute to how tough it is to pick winners in college football. Yeah, if you're still alive, you're still one of the 288. You're in a pretty good spot, I think, at this stage, only through five weeks. Um, anyway, that's kind of the college slate right now, guys. Again, some really good games. I think there's at least six or seven good games, I think, um, on Saturday. We highlighted the four games that involved uh, both ranked teams. So we'll be coming back for our next segment that's all pro football on the Sports Betting Podcast bookends. Guess what? It's football season, baby. And you know what that means. It's time to bet your buns off. And when it comes to sports betting, you better bet with the STN Sports app. I'm talking football, all the fights, men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer ball. We've got it all. And with our 14 convenient sign-up locations around town, it's no wonder they call me the queen of convenience. Because when I bet with STN, I feel like royalty. So what in the heck are you waiting for? Download the STN Sports app today and trust the local favorite. Hey everybody, we're back at Red Rocks Racing Sportsbook. Jason Chucky for the Sports Betting Podcast. Bookends, and we're going to dive right in to pro football Thursday night. The Washington Commanders against the Bad News Bears. It's just one thing after another for the Bears right now. You know, funny, Jay, but these two teams played last year on a Thursday night. Very similar, kind of early in the season. Commanders won that game 12-7. to But it was kind of a game that Justin Fields and their offense 
turns it around. The Bears had four trips into that game into the red zone where they drove more than 65 yards. They were the first team ever to do that and come away with zero points on all four of those drives. Fields rushed for, I think, almost 100 yards in that game. Offensively, they outgained the Commanders 391 to 241, but found a way to lose. But it was kind of that game that, that turned the table, I think, for the Bears offense and Justin Fields. We look at a Bears team right now that they actually have the first and second pick in the draft. I can't believe it's week five. We're talking about who's going to get Caleb Williams, but they're in a good spot. But I think it's a must-win game for the Bears. Um, I don't know that anything is a must-win for the Bears at this point in time. Um, we talk about the Chicago Bears team, and you talk about that uh, you know they were, they were blowing wins, and both these teams come into the Thursday night game off of kind of poor losses we'll call yeah, it with the, the commanders bears are playing the eagles sure a 28 to 7 lead for the bears obviously we you know we know the broncos tie it back up 28 28 bears have a chance to kick a field goal with you know 257 left on the clock elect to go for it on fourth down don't get it broncos get on the field end up winning the game a um, lot of question marks for the bears whether uh, justin fields is going to remain their quarterback is he going to get traded is eber going to have a job after this week um, you know, what is Poles doing? You know, are the Bears truly tanking, trying to get this number one pick, number two pick? I don't, I don't, I don't believe that I don't for think a that's minute. the case right. at all. I think the Bears are genuinely trying to win games. Before the season started, this was a team that was believed could contend for a division title, right. trying to chase the, the Lions. And, and, you know, this was the Packers going into the Jordan Love era and that the Bears could finally, you know, leapfrog the Packers and start winning games. So I just think this is a sadness all around for everyone in the Bears organization um, to, to not see this, any success coming out of anything um, and question marks all around. And for them to be a dog at Washington this week. Um, but, you know, they do – I mean, we, you think about Dustin Fields. He threw four touchdowns. I think he had his first – 300-yard passing game um, last week against Denver. So it's not all on his shoulders. Not that he didn't have some costly turnovers in the game, but defensively, they can't stop anybody right now. And coaching. They seem to make bad coaching decisions. Yeah, I'm, and I've gone and said this several times. All players in the NFL are, are, are good. You know, they, they, had, they had great college careers. They all made a mark to be able to get into the NFL. It's amazing to me to see players get to the NFL with such high regards and then seem like they can't play and to me it comes back down to coaching and and uh philosophy and it just seems like the bears don't have one at this point in time the, the, the philosophy the coaching is just not there we can see that justin fields can't throw from out of the pocket um he's got to be on the run yet you continue to try and put the kid in a situation where he can't throw had huge success and outside of talking about the bears go take a look at the denver broncos defense and ask yourself which quarterback is not going to have success as in the first half we saw two of Tagovailoa um, go 16 for 16 passing against the Broncos in the first half. Justin Fields was 16 of 17 in the first half against the Broncos. His only incompletion was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. So the Broncos have defensive problems. You're going to see quarterbacks continue to put up big games. Um, but I, I, don't know what, I don't know what to say or what to do for the Bears here. I think Justin Fields can go have these type of games, but they just seem to find a way to lose. They consistently on defense for 14 straight losses now they've allowed 25 points or more um washington played a very good game brian robinson jr can absolutely run the football howell is a good quarterback unless he's turning the football over they've they got have, good young they should have they had a chance to beat the eagles last week you go on the road you tie that game up for some reason ron rivera doesn't go for two late in the game as a 10-point underdog in philadelphia minute. isn't that riverboat ron I, I don't understand again why he doesn't take that right. chance but this is a this is a thursday night i think this is a must win for the chicago bears 
or we see the end of Eberflus and the Bears, the first time in their history, will fire a coach in the middle of the season. And I think that's what we're looking at Thursday night if the Bears don't find a way to win. You know, on the flip side, we have seen that number come down a little bit. There has been some sharp play so far on the Bears plus the points. I think we initially opened that game up at 7. We've seen it come down a little bit. So for whatever reason right now, um, although ticket count still favors the Commanders, you have seen some sharp money show on the Bears. Let's look at uh, some of the games on Sunday now. For the second straight week, we've got an early kickoff game in London. Jags and Bills. Jags get to stay in London. Uh, They played Atlanta there last week. The Bills come off that huge win against Miami where they really dominated, um, and they have to travel across uh, the pond right now. Interesting stat here. When these two teams play, the total has gone over in five straight games. So you just wonder from an emotional standpoint, are the Bills just, you know, coming off that big win against Miami? They have to travel across, uh, you know, to, to London. And Jacksonville's just been kind of sitting there waiting for them. Bills' number has started to come down a little bit as well. Yeah, and a very interesting scenario when you talk about the travel you know, situation of Jacksonville playing last week against Atlanta in London, getting to stay overseas the full week, and then be welcoming the Bills. Um, still haven't seen this Jacksonville team kind of get the momentum that they had at the end of last year and going into the playoffs. The offense has not been as good um, as it was last year. Christian Kirk uh, and uh, Lawrence have been good. They added Calvin Ridley, who we we expected to be a special addition to that offense. He's been hit or miss, really low-volume catches. He has has some big end-zone catches. ETN hasn't been as good in the running game as you expected them to be, and Jacksonville just hasn't gotten it going. And one of the things that the Bills do best is play defense and shut teams down, and we saw them do that to the 70-point scoring right. Denver Broncos could they last be week flat at home. This game a little bit? You know, that, that's, that's really the case. We, right. Buffalo's offense is dynamic. They always have been. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, the guys that he has around him, the Cook, they, they have the ability to score points. We saw them do it to the Dolphins last week. The defense, same thing, has the ability to stop teams. Um, the real issue is here is how do they handle right. the travel, to England, and, and is it a big advantage for the Jaguars who have been sitting over there for quite some time. But, again, they were excited to get that Dolphin team to come up to Buffalo. And you talked about it, the emotional big win yep. of being able to say, hey, the Miami Dolphins aren't the team you need to look at in the AFC East. We're still the beast of the, of the East. Uh, we're still the beast of, of the AFC. Um, and, and they take that overseas after a big emotional week over the Dolphins. Yeah, Buffalo or Miami was kind of lucky in that game too because they played them October 1st instead of January 1st. So weather wasn't really a factor where Buffalo beat them up last year. Buffalo did lose last year when they went to Miami. So Miami will still have an opportunity uh, to beat them in their own backyard. Um, okay, big AFC North battle. The Uglies, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. These two teams don't score a lot of points. The last five games they've played, five straight unders. Pittsburgh has gone 5-1 and one straight up against Baltimore. And each team won on the road last year. Very ugly. Baltimore won 16-14 um, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh won 16-13 in Baltimore. They don't score a lot of points. We're still not sure about Kenny Pickett right now. That He may play. If not, it'll be Mitch Trubisky. But it's really the injuries, I think, a little bit on the Pittsburgh side of the ball. No Deontay Johnson. Um, you got, uh, Friar Muth, the tight end, is out. They're a little bit banged up. We don't, don't know about Pickett for sure. But this is a huge early season AFC North battle between two teams that really haven't got it rolling yet. Although the Ravens are three and one. Yeah, we'll talk about Steelers first. Uh, Steelers, the offensive side of the football has been um, really, really bad. I don't know that uh, Kenny Pickett being out and moving to Mitch Trubisky is 
the worst thing in the world for them at this point in time. They need something to try and spark that offense, something to try and get them going. Um, we saw them win a game against the Raiders where they scored two defensive touchdowns, right. and that was really the only reason that they won that game. Um, and then they go to Houston and really lay, lay an egg against a Houston Texans defense that isn't something that you should particularly struggle against. So Pittsburgh's got to find something. They've got to find it in the running game. Najee Harris or Jalen Warren, they've got to get something going there. Um, their defense is going to keep them in games, uh, but the more and more that the offense can't move the football, the more and more pressure it puts on the defense. And that's the scenario they're in this week. We saw this Baltimore Raven team with Lamar Jackson at quarterback, a dynamic quarterback that go, can both run the football, throw the football. It's just a matter of time before they get some type of play out of the Ravens. Um, he found Mark Andrews for two touchdowns last week. Lamar ran for two touchdowns last week. And the Ravens really embarrassed a rookie quarterback in Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Right, they did, um, yep. Deshaun yeah. Watson was a late scratch in that game. Um, his shoulder was kind of banged up all week. But it wasn't until Sunday morning that we found out Dorian Thompson-Robinson was starting. And really, the Ravens defense was able to suffocate him and attack him. Really made it hard for Dorian and the Browns to do anything. And that kind of same technique is going to be used this week as they're going to come after Pickett or Trubisky um, with all full force and those guys are going to have to find somebody because there's a big absence right. of, of a, a patch Pickens needs to really for, step for up too, right? Yeah. So that's why I think, again, it falls more on the Warren and Harris. The Steelers have to run the ball successfully. They probably got to get 120 yards rushing, control the clock, otherwise the Ravens is probably an easy win and, here. And, and these two teams have played though some really close games, some low-scoring games. Their last and five normally games. those games come down to Lamar Jackson holding on to the football. Right. Watt has done an incredible job. The Steelers have done an incredible job of forcing Lamar Jackson into bad decisions and a countless number of fumbles in their matchups. Uh, another game we're going to look at now, Rams-Eagles. Uh, for whatever reason, we're starting to see this number come down a little bit too. Uh, Rams are 4-1 against the number. Uh, their last five games at home. Um, they've got also a streak as far as the total goes. Uh, the Rams... Five of their last six home games have gone over. I think kind of an interesting stat here. Matt Stafford is second in the league in completions, yards, and completion percentage, but he's toward the bottom in touchdowns. He might get Cooper Cup back in this one, which I think makes a huge difference. Eagles haven't seemed to put that full game together yet. They've struggled against some opponents, had to come back and win that game against the Commanders in overtime. Um, and this game, as I said, it has come down a little bit. But what a boost for that Akua and Atwell offense and Matt Stafford if you can get Cooper Cup back here. Yeah, and I don't know, uh, you know, really check the game status as we get um, Saturday and Sunday to see if Cooper Cup is playing. He's going to practice uh, beginning this week, but I don't know if he's going to get go plays. for game time. But that'll make a big difference. We've seen this number come down aggressively. Um, Eagles were, you know, called a six-point right. favorite at the Rams. Um, the Eagles might be the most boring 4-0 football team that we've ever seen um, to start a season in the NFL, and I think that's obviously coming off the, that's their style, the Super though. Bowl and what right. they do. But you know, the win at the Pats and at Tampa Bay, and then you know they squeak by in a win against Minnesota, where we saw Kirk Cousins commit all those turnovers, and then they come back and win the late game against the Commanders this past week. So they haven't put it all together. Um, a tough trip on the road all the way out to LA. Um, L.A. did squeak by this past week, a 23 to nothing lead on right. the Indianapolis Colts. That saw the Colts come all the way back to tie that game, put it into overtime, and then Stafford and Puka Nakua took over in the overtime. Uh, Puka Nakua was able to get the, the touchdown in the overtime. But this is a, a very interesting situation, a lot of sharp money on the Rams. Don't know if Cooper Cup's going to be there, um, but again, it's been... Uh, the Eagles have allowed points. You know, they're, They've allowed 90 points for a team that's 4-0, puts them in the middle of the pack. I want to say they're like 14th in points right. allowed on a Rams team that we know when Stafford is good 
um, and Puka Nakua and the Ad Cup. And Kyrie Williams has been really, been really good right. out of the backfield that this Rams team can stay competitive. And, you know, you always get that crazy Sean McVay that maybe kicks a field goal, field goal to get you a late cover when there's no reason to. Or, or somebody slides when you need to slide. But I think it is a really interesting matchup. But I think that whole offense changes somewhat uh, if you add Cooper Cup back. Oh, I don't, even, I don't even I don't understand what their offense goes to once you inject the Cooper right. Cup into it because Puka Nakua has essentially been Cooper Cup. Right. And so when we bring Cooper Cup back in, who does Puka Nakua become? Or do we just have two Cooper Cups on the field? If the Rams have two Cooper Cups, I, I, I mean, that's, that's going to be amazing, right? I think you have a Cooper and a Puka. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you have, but you've got two guys that can really catch the football. This is going Stafford, well. I think Matthew Stafford, you know, if you're looking from a fantasy standpoint, if Cooper Cup's back and, they, and he, he's got these two guys on the field, they could be a very, very yep. dangerous team and put up some big numbers. Oh, Eagle defense is good. They just haven't played that way so far. Well, they season. haven't been – you know, we've seen DeAndre Swift – have these 175-yard rushing game, 130-yard rushing game. We all know that the Eagles can do the, the tush-push better than anybody else in the league. You know that A.J. Brown is always a weapon on the, the outside. brotherly shove. The, Devonta Smith is, is a weapon. They have everything that you can ask for. But, again, coming off, you know, playing so far into the preseason, they just haven't had that dominant – they haven't had that dominant win. The win at Tampa was good, but Tampa still moved the ball on them. Um, and I don't know if this is the spot because the Rams – They've been good. They kind of got dominated in Cincinnati against a, we'll call it a, a, a Cincinnati team that we really don't they're know what, they're, right. what they are right now. But the Rams lost there. But the Rams at home with a healthy Stafford and a healthy Cooper Cup can beat any team in the league. Uh, so now we're going to look at another game that involves the Chiefs and the Vikings. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. They just find ways to win. It doesn't matter who the receivers are. Uh, Kelsey's Kelsey. Uh, they interject different running backs in. Mahomes is Mahomes. They're playing against the Vikings. Vikings at home, 12 of their last 16 games have gone over. They easily could have lost that game against the Panthers. They got down, was it 9-0? I think in that game, really struggled offensively. Um, they still haven't really found their rhythm yet. They're getting points at home. This number's come down a little bit too. But for me, the Vikings are probably one of the bigger disappointments in the league. Well, it's Kirk Cousins and the, and the turnover machine that he's become. Um, we talk about the, the losses that they've had uh, start the first two games of the season um, with three turnovers in each of the first two halves. We talked about the Panthers game last week. They open a drive where they go all the way down to the Panther goal line. And then we have a, a 99 right. interception return for the Panthers. Um, the Panthers really don't have an offense that threatened the Vikings at all that whole day. Uh, Bryce Young... Uh, stepped in for Andy Dalton, who had played the week before in Seattle, and that Bryce Young-led offense just isn't very good for the Panthers. Um, eventually, the Vikings were able to come back in the game and actually score a, a defensive touchdown off, right. of, off a young fumble um, to put them in the lead. Um, Kirk Cousins has to play the perfect game for them to be able to stay with the Kansas City Chiefs. He cannot turn the ball over the way they've turned the ball over. They've got to get Matson to be a little bit better. We all know when Justin Jefferson well, gets the ball, if he's it's Matson, It could be Cam Akers. Sure, and you know? Akers stucks in. But again, the game still comes down to Cousins' arm. The Vikings are not particularly good on the defensive side of the football. They do have some holes in particular in their secondary. We haven't seen the Chiefs kind of click on offense yet. Right. We saw them put up 17 points against um, Jacksonville. They weren't particularly good with a 23 points against the Jets. We saw them put up all those points early and then not able to score on the Jets, particularly in the second half. Um, and, and, and really the question that, that's been out there is this team, is this team distracted? Is there a certain <laughs> Taylor Swift and, and everything around the Kansas City Chiefs 
that has the Kansas City. And I don't know how much time the Kansas City Chiefs are spending practicing versus filming commercials. Because I can't watch a TV show for more than six or seven minutes without Kelsey or Mahomes I'm gonna being, kinda, a, being in a TV commercial. I'm going to swiftly brush that aside <laughs> and say they're still the Chiefs. And they're one of the top five teams in football. And I think they're used to that. I think there's a distraction there. I think that there's they're not clicking on all cylinders. And I think part of that is because um, they don't have all the receivers that they need. They still haven't identified whether it's Kadarius Tony, Rice, Rice. MVS. Uh, Kelsey hasn't had those big games. We saw Pacheco have a big game out of the back uh, running the football. Right. McKinnon hasn't been that same guy to the backfield. There's no doubt you're right. Mahomes is going to get it right, um, and, and you're waiting for this game where the Chiefs just explode. Right. Mahomes has 500 passing, 500 yards passing, four touchdown passes, and this Viking defense is the type of team that he could do that to. But Mahomes do, or uh, Cousins does the, have the ability to go match them point for point if he doesn't turn the football over. Yeah. And there's been a lot of money right. on the on and the, the Vikings, Vikings in yep. this game. Chiefs were called a six-point favorite it's down to four so there is sharp money on the vikings i think this is one of those weeks that almost every game that we've talked about so far if it's the thursday night game if it's the game in london if it's the eagles you're seeing money come in against those teams same in this particular case money against the chiefs two teams that we're not seeing money come in on are the giants who have to travel to the miami dolphins after the dolphins get beat by the bills the giants have been just an utter disappointment having to watch them on Monday night against the Seahawks. If you stuck around to watch the end of that game, you know, just the, the Giants don't do anything. It was late in the fourth quarter until Daniel Jones threw his second pass over 10 yards down the field. So Giants getting nothing done without Saquon Barkley. Waller's not a threat in the offense at all. Maybe Barkley comes back, but they're a monster dog at Miami. And the other one is the Lions against the Panthers. Um, public has been backing the Lions. Um, big, come off the big win against the Packers. This Panthers offense has shown nothing. The Lions are becoming the new kind of darling of the league with their young players, Amon St. Brown, Montgomery out of the backfield, and it's really the job that uh, Campbell's doing as a coach that's got everybody enamored with the Lions. I think when you look at the Panthers, too, and, and for me right now, Stroud and Richardson have played so much better than Young. Uh, the Panthers keep talking about, hey, we need a go-to receiver. In the offseason, they went out and got Thielen and DJ Chark. They, they, maybe, it, maybe it's Chase Claypool. You've heard his name mentioned, but look for them before the end of the month, the trade deadline, to make a move to get Young some help at wide receiver. Uh, okay. he, need, he needs something. He needs something because their, their their offensive line is not good. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. Well, being a Bears Miles fan, Sanders, I'm okay yeah, with you're that. Okay. Yeah. You talked about the Bears potentially sitting on the number one and two pick, and obviously with those two teams sitting at 0-4, right. uh, that, that's where they're sitting right now. All right, Sunday night football now, which I am so happy this is a Sunday night game. I mean, you've got two heavyweights, the Cowboys, the 49ers. Uh, these two teams could meet again maybe in the NFC title game. Jerry Jones gave the Eagles some bulletin board material by saying the Super Bowl in the NFC goes through San Francisco, forgetting that Philadelphia plays in his own division, giving the Eagles something to, to you know, kind of put on their bulletin board. Brock Purdy going back to last season, undefeated during the regular season. The Niners, their last five home games, 5-0 and against the number. Cowboys, their last five road games, all games under. What's the key to this game? Is it Purdy? Is it Dak? We saw maybe Dallas get a little bit flat in that game against Arizona when they got beat. They came back really strong against the Patriots. And we talked about it last week. 
Dallas, after a loss since 2021, was 9-1 against the number. Make it 10-1 with what they did against the Patriots. They're getting points here. Niners have had kind of an easier schedule so far through the first four weeks. But what a great heavyweight matchup on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, and I guess the question is, is who is the player that's going to make a difference in this game when we talk about... I think it has to be Dak. The, the I really Niners, do. The Niners with all the the players that they have here. And we saw McCaffrey obviously have the, the big game against the Cardinals last week with him putting up all the touchdowns. We've seen Debo Samuel have a star-studded game. We've also seen Ayuk have the star-studded game. And so for me, on the for the 49ers side of things, um, it comes down to Brock Purdy continuing to do what Brock Purdy does. The Dallas Cowboys win football games by getting the other team to turn over the football. So if Brock Purdy doesn't throw interceptions, if Brock Purdy can hold on to the football when he's going to take those one or two sacks that he's going to take, he doesn't allow Dallas to get big momentum on the defensive side of the football. He's the key. And on the offensive side of the football, Dallas' defense still needs to do what they do um, and try and, you know, just hold those guys down, bend but don't break. That hold loss the field of Diggs goals. is big, though, I think. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're talking about Dak. I think the biggest player for the Cowboys this week is their tight end, Jake Ferguson. Because I saw Zach Ertz run free for the Cardinals all weekend last week, and Dobbs was able to get him a couple touches. I saw Zach Ertz drop a touchdown pass against the Niners. I think Jake Ferguson finds himself open in that Niners secondary, and if Dak can get Jake Ferguson the ball, I think that he can have one of those seven catches for 80 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns. Um, but they have to run the but ball that's with Pollard. The key, though. You know, they might not be able to run with Pollard against that San Francisco defense. Can Dak get him the ball? I think Dak, is, is to me, is the key. He's got to have a good game here I agree for Dallas you. to win. I, I agree with you 100% because they can they can beat the San Francisco 49ers by throwing the football. Right. You're not going to beat the San Francisco 49ers by running the They're ball. They're not going to be able right. to run. You're going to have to, to kind of right. find some holes in that secondary. They'll obviously be going to see D. Lamb as that number one choice. Hopefully Dak can kind of keep them in the game. But look for Ferguson to have some big, big open areas and, and, and catch some big and, passes. And Dallas has really had some problems the last couple of years against San Francisco. So Yeah, uh, knocked them out of the twice. playoffs twice. Right. So, yep. so uh, I think it's a great matchup, though, for Sunday Night Football. I think if we had to pick a game, that would be the game we would have picked for Sunday Night Football. Now Monday Night Football in our own backyard. It's the Green Bay Packers against the, the Raiders. Kind of a game that both these two teams need to win. Both have really struggled of late. Interesting stat here. The Packers, 5-0 and against the number, 5-0 and straight up, and I think it's 5-0. and Is it over? 5-0 uh, and over the last five games against the Raiders. So Devontae Adams playing against his old team, uh, but the Packers have dominated the Raiders the last five. It's never been a, an easy building for teams to come to on primetime, but my guess is there's going to be a lot of green and yellow in Allegiant Stadium on Monday night. Well, the Packers have not looked good, even over the last three weeks as they pulled the, the win over the over the Saints in the middle of those three weeks. Um, struggled against the Falcons. Struggled that entire first half against the Saints until Carr got hurt and were able to come but back on looked bad them. against the Lions. Yeah, and then looked really, really bad in a home matchup against the Lions. Love didn't look good in that game at all. The only player that really played well was Romeo Dobbs from a receiving standpoint. Aaron Jones has been banged up. He made an appearance back in that game. A.J. Dillon has been able to get nothing going. The Raiders' defense has some holes that the Packers can exploit. Um, the, the Chargers were able to do so last week. And, but I was shocked at how well the Raiders came back with Aiden O'Connell, hung around in that game, had a chance to go. It's the Chargers. Go. They find a way They had a chance to, to go take the lead or tie the game up late in the game. 
again, I don't know why you're throwing the ball with a minute 50 right. to go at the five-yard line. You know, run it in the run it with Josh Jacobs a couple times um, so that you don't give the Chargers the, the ball back late in that game. But I think this is a great spot for the Raiders. This Packers team um, is kind of what we expected right. early in the season of they're just <coughs> trying to find their identity. They don't have the players um, to do so. You know, their biggest win on the year was in week one at the Bears, right. which has – now shown that it really didn't mean much of anything or or that offense was much of a surprise. Um, but this is a big spot. They and put I think 40 on the board that night. If Garoppolo is back for that game, and even if even if Jimmy G is not back for this game, I think Aiden O'Connell getting that first start, uh, being able to make this start on Monday night against a Packers team that just has a lot of holes in it, I think this is a good spot do for the Raiders. Do you think if Jimmy G is back, and we're starting to see this number come down a little bit, that it actually flips to the Raiders the yeah, favorite? Yeah, I think the Raiders go to the favorite the, the second that Jimmy G's announced yeah, that he's I mean, starting this game. We've talked about it. I mean, there's such a bias with our guests that if it's the Raiders, the Knights, uh, um, the, the Aces, that we get, they get so much backing and ticket count that I, I agree with you. I think if Jimmy G's announced, especially in the next 48 hours that he is going to start, I really think this number flips for the Raiders being the favorite in this game. Um, so that's, you know, it's kind of a big game for both these teams, though, because they're chasing teams in their division that are playing so well right now. Well, everybody's chasing the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, and they're the Detroit gonna, Lions. They're going, was the last time we said they're that? They're going to continue to do so. Obviously, the Bears, Vikings, and Packers, you know, kind of all sitting. But Detroit's going to, you know, what what looks like a win against the Panthers this week. Um, so it's going to put everybody else kind of in, again continuing in that chase mode. Real quick, too, let me update last man standing in pro football. We had a 63-24 to start the season. Uh, there's 608 left. Uh, in pro football. So again, we've seen a lot of upsets the last couple of weeks. That really has dwindled down. So the 288 and the over 600 that's in the college and over 600 that's left in the pros, congratulations. You guys are doing great. Um, I know we've really made this all about football, but there's so much going on right now, as you guys can kind of hear in the background. Day baseball, the playoff round, phenomenal. I love day baseball. And we're less than a week away from puck drop for the defending Stanley Cup champions, your Golden Knights. Well, well, we'll actually be doing next week's segment of bookends after the home opener um, with the Kraken on Tuesday, October 10th. Um, we've loaded the app up. If Again, if you don't have the app, the uh, bonus has been extended to October 31st, so up to $500 um, in bonus available when you sign up. Make sure you get those today, but get yourself That's prepared. not trick or treat. That's all treats. Get yourself right? uh, October 10th, the NHL uh, t- you know, uh, puck drops, and October 24th, the NBA tips off. So um, some big happenings here in the month of October. Another, Just another reason to make sure you have that app and the palm of your hands to be able to be playing all the sports as they go this off. This is kind of a six 60-day stretch where it's one of the busiest stretches of the year for us because there's so many things going on. I mean, baseball postseason just started now. Uh, the Fall Classic won't even be until November, so a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, guys, again, we love it when you guys come out and enjoy everything we have to offer, not only here at Red Rock, but all of our properties. As Jason mentioned, get signed up for STN Mobile. When you come into any of our books, try one of the kiosks. They're super convenient. You're in and out really quick. We've got a great staff at all of our properties that can help you guys if you have any questions. And don't forget, early football Sunday morning, Buffalo travels to, to London in a home game to play the Jags. Uh, for the Sports Betting Podcast, this is Bookends. He's Jason. I'm Chucky. We'll see you guys next week.